startuprad.io. Your podcast and YouTube blog covering the German startup scene with news, interviews, and live events. Hello and welcome, everybody. This is Joe from StartupRate.io, your startup podcast and YouTube blog from Germany. Today, bringing you another interview, this time in cybersecurity, together with fellow podcaster Mirko Ross, who's today my guest. Hey, how you doing? Hi, thanks for having me in your show. Totally my pleasure. Um, we may tell a little bit about you, and I would just skim a little bit the surface of your podcast because you're part of the team behind the cybersecurity podcast called Hackwerk. Yes, sure. Which is, of course, also available on our internet radio station, startup.radio, together with Tyler Cohen-Wood. And um, you're also an IoT cybersecurity member for the European Union. You have been for the yeah. European Union Agency for Cybersecurity. So let's go a little bit through your life and how a Star Wars fan became a cybersecurity expert because for everybody who's not seeing this, behind him there is some some Star Wars stuff in the background of the video. But that's a good point. We can talk about Star Wars and what is the relation of Star Wars and cybersecurity. Maybe people who are Star Wars fans out there know that a Death Star um, had been... Um, destroyed by a data leak because it was the secret plans of the Death, Death Star from the Empire had been leaked to the rebels and the rebels uh, got this plan and uh, by that they had the ability to find uh, the exploits and vulnerabilities of the Death Star and destroy the Death Star. That's the relation between Star Wars and cybersecurity. And of course, we see a lot of data leaks currently uh, ongoing. And believe me, it's not only the evil empire who is in danger. It seems to me that everybody of us and the economy and the society is in danger of data leaks and uh, cybersecurity breaches. It is a pretty nice interpretation. I've actually never seen Star Wars as a story of cybersecurity, but from today on, I will. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, but coming back about my history, I mean, I, I started um, hacking as a teenager. And this is maybe a, a usual uh, way often people are getting into cybersecurity if they are interested in computers, interested in computer system, and then you starting having a look on it. And if you have a look on it, and if you're curious, you will find as well the, the weak spots of such systems. And then you may can level up to certain access normally you will not get as a regular user. So that was my step into cybersecurity. And then afterwards, um, I, I mean, I never had been at the evil side, but as well, I'm very closely related to, to the um, cybersecurity community and hacker community, even a member of the Chaos Computer Club, which is the biggest hacker community in the world. Um, I'm closely related to hacker ethics and the hacker community. So mm -hmm. that's my background. And with that background, when I was starting, starting working with IoT, Internet of Things, and helping companies to step into the Internet of Things, it was uh, on a certain level of my career very clear that this will be not getting into a good direction if we will not fix the cybersecurity issues in the Internet of Things. And that's currently the point we are now. I mean, um, we have 
several vulnerabilities seen in the past um, with connected systems. Um, systems are getting exploited. Companies are getting into danger. Um, data is lost. Um, even the critical in infrastructure is in danger and stuff like that. So a lot of things is going on with this bloody internet, which is connected everywhere. And well, I see. Um, going a little bit back, uh, what I found interesting positions are including member of the ENISA IoT expert group that was for the European Union, yeah. Coche AIOTI distributed ledger working group. Um, you have been an expert consultant for the European Bank for Reconstruction and Development, and you're board member of the Twins Foundation in Brussels. My brain always blues a circuit Brussels, <laughs> uh, beer and chocolate. Mm. <laughs> yes. And, um, I mean, Bel Belgium is awesome. Beer, chocolate and, uh, French fries. <laughs> French fries. Yes. Yes, yes, exactly. I mean, yes, there are some stations in my career where I'm, I'm always working with communities and I always like to work with as well public authorities and regulatory makers because it's very important that we are getting an interchange of ideas and that we share what we know from the cybersecurity community with other people. And that's why I'm still... I'm, I'm, looking for close relations to um, this kind of organizations like the European Cybersecurity Network Agency, the European Commission, uh, you have named some, um, and I'm still uh, working on several projects um, with these organizations where we are looking how we can increase cybersecurity in the future. And if you notice organizations, they are not very quick usually, so there's a lot of talks and negotiations in the background, but if they are on a certain direction, mm -hmm. they have the force to increase cybersecurity by regulations and then they are really powerful. So, and um, that's why I think it's very important that the communities in the cybersecurity space are in a close uh, interaction and relation with this big uh, regulatory uh, vessels and vehicles we have out there. Mm -hmm. what, what, what I found interesting is that you're not only in cybersecurity, but you're also combining this with distributed ledger and IoT. Um, I do you understand IoT in the past especially has been a pretty weak spot because they're like zillions of little tiny devices, bigger devices who are delivered to their new owners. And in some kind, in some cases, you in the past at least could not even change the password. And I do believe 90% of the owners don't do it, like from, from the company uh, setup. And so they're very easily taken over and i would also be curious about your perspective on cybersecurity in distributed ledgers because um what a lot of people think well it's on many many computers and so it's also secure because there are many many copies out there but uh, i i'm not sure that there's a hundred percent security out there no that's uh, it's a good topic so first of all what you have um, mentioned are this zillions, trillions, whatever insane numbers of connected devices. And we'll, 
will get more and more because this is the way how the inter internet um, is developing. So everything will be connected. Even maybe the chair we we were we are both sitting on will be connected. Your coffee cup. Uh, what else? It's the internet of things. It's the internet of everything which will be connected. That's why we have IP6 for the people out there because we need more IP addresses for all this trillions and zillions of stuff out there. Um, if things are insecure on large fleets and you've mentioned, for example, IP cameras, and this, this are really the, some of the worst products out there because uh, they are mass products produced very cheap, uh, used by consumers, uh, with low security by design in there. Um, and of course, these are the prior victims for botnet operators because it's easily you can scan the internet uh, for such devices and then just simply do a password brute force attack to find out uh, is it the factory setting password admin one two three four admin admin and so on uh, but by that uh, you can take over as a botnet operator millions of devices and you can use them for your own purpose and the main purpose for example is um denial of service attacks for rent. That's one. I've learned that as well, many uh, social media accounts like on Instagram or Twitter are operated by IoT botnets. So it's as well the revenue stream for the botnets operators. And for the higher level IoT devices, let's take someone with more CPU power. In the future, it could be maybe a connected car. Um, they're prior attacked, for example, as well for crypto mining, hijacking and stuff like that. So, so the world uh, for cyber criminals is wide open uh, with open IoT devices. I'm actually not surprised when you talked about the, the, um, Instagram, because, um, when I post something on Instagram within 10 seconds, within 10 seconds, there is something like a comment promoted on blah, blah, blah. I'm diligently deleting those accounts and blocking those people from ever commenting again, but it's, it's, it's like a wave. I've seen that in the past on Twitter as well. For my feeling, it has become a little bit less, but actually would I vividly remember is when we posted um, English translations of bad news about Wirecard very, very early in the scandal. There was also a lot of pushback um, semi in a semi-automated way. And I thought, hmm, that is quite interesting that somebody really um, tries to organize campaigns on social media for that. I mean, post something with the hashtag Bitcoin on any social media challenge and you will see immediately all the bots uh, jumping on that post and you can easily identify uh, bot accounts by just uh, posting with some hashtags where the bots are monitoring and go into interaction, which is, I think, rather remarkable is that everybody out there who's buying Instagram accounts and I know maybe there's some listeners who are doing that. I mean, you can invest a hundred uh, bucks and, and, and buy your 10,000 followers for that. If you do that, you're feeding the botnet industries. You're feeding the cyber criminal organizations uh, because that's the rev. That's one of their revenue streams. Mm -hmm. It's done by high check device. So um, you 
as a single person out there who just wants to have more follower and I completely understand the desire to have more follower. Um, you just think, well, I'm, I'm, I'm buying, buying that from a click farm or whatever, but these are really highly organized criminal infrastructures in behind. What I also experienced, um, you remember the days of what they called the big Twitter purge when they, before the IPO really got rid or after the IPO really got rid of a lot of, um, those, uh, spam and bot accounts. In a time before that, apparently somebody didn't like us. And within, um, I think 24 hours, we had apparent, um, scam spam accounts of more than a thousand who followed us with within 24 hours. It, it was becoming so bad that we reached out on Twitter with a tweet. Hey, Twitter, please help us. <laughs> Yeah, because it's bad for the reputation of your account. I mean, um, you don't need to use rocket science analytics to find out how many uh, spam accounts and bot accounts are following uh, towards your own social profile. Mm -hmm. And if we talk about social profiles and people who are buying um, followers, to be honest, this, this is shiny. This is a shiny, nice picture for the first few. Uh, but if people really do a deep dive into your accounts, they will immediately identify that this is mostly uh, paid uh, paid followers. And I mean, there is no reach for yourself, mm -hmm. except, except that you have an ins insane number of followers. So it makes no sense to me to do that. But however, it seems to me some people have the desire. So they are feeding, they are feeding a cyber criminal industry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, As a founder of Asvin, you are also fighting that you are a cybersecurity company. Um, I, I realized you are. Oh, one thing we, we completely forgot to talk about the security in the distributed ledger. Oh, yes. Uh, okay. First of all, uh, why we and I like the distributed ledger idea. This is not about that this is a more secure way to store and proceed data than in any other system. That's a, that's a wrong perception. Um, the main idea is that it's more resilient uh, towards, for example, manipulation, because you can do um, this integrity checks between all parties who are operating a ledger. Um, that's number one. And the second one, it's a decentralized network. So it's, more difficult to tear down a de decentralized network than a centralized network. So tearing down a powerful network of ledgers as an attacker is almost impossible while tearing down a centralized service, for example, by Adidas. It's just a matter of size of the weapon you are using to a specific server address and the capability of the defender, how him, how much he would like to invest on DDoS defending, uh, methods. So, um, that's why I personally like the ledger idea as well. It turns the internet back from a centralized system, which we have seen. Uh, currently in the past with the cloud and other stuff that more and more power had been centralized in the web. Uh, with the ledger, we can go for a decentralized system, um, which is as well a way of democratizing uh, the internet again. 
I do believe that's the way the internet is going into the future a little bit, or at least more decentralized. Yeah, and cybersecurity is a strong driver for that. Mm -hmm. Because uh, the question is no more in the future about how can can you protect a 100%? It's impossible. Uh, the question will be more about is your infrastructure resilient enough to stand a cyber attack? Mm -hmm. and, and my understanding right now is it's more resilient, the better distributed it is. That's one of our assumptions. Uh-huh, I see. Uh, before we get into your startup company second attempt, <laughs> I was I was curious, um, uh, can you tell for the audience out there what topics you and Tyler are discussing on your podcast and when you are actually putting episodes live? Yeah, so normally, first of all, we, we try to do that every two weeks. Uh, somehow, sometimes we are more busy or um, um, even like, you, you know, like the guest set list is sometimes a, a pain to get really good people uh, into the show and we want to have a high quality show. Um, so what is the idea of the show? First of all, um, Tyler, she's in Washington, D.C., so she's bringing in the U.S. perspective, which is very important. And as well, uh, she brings in the diverse perspective on cybersecurity because to be honest cybersecurity has been in the past a male white dominated space so having tyler in the show bringing in her diverse perspective and bringing in her let's say texas style of solving the problem it's a very good mix because i'm more the european white guy born and educated in, in cyber hacking communities and stuff like that. So let's say that's the tension and the storyline of our podcast show. And we always invite one, usually one guest, sometimes two guests into the show to discuss a very specific cybersecurity topic, for example, botnets. And by that, uh, we are looking to invite the most excellent people in their space to talk about this topic. Uh, but not doing a nerdy tech deep dive topic, just like having a conversation like you and me mm -hmm. uh, so that people are getting a better understanding of uh, what is the problem? Uh, how can we solve it? What is the future? How do I protect myself? Is it affecting me? Is it affecting you? Um, who are the bad guys? Why are they doing that? The hell? <laughs> um And sometimes even we are, we are developing own evil ideas. <laughs> like if I'm a bad guy, I would do it like that way. Not to give people mm. out there hints to do that, but as well to have a look over the horizon because we need that in the industry. I vividly remember it from a time um, as a consultant, a big four, if you go into uh, forensics, the guys who help to solve uh, problems, um, prepare investigations and stuff like that, those guys are the ultimate arch criminal. They have seen so much. You you, you can't just hope that they never turn bad. It's, it's incredible. 
Yeah, and it's to be honest, it's, it's a little bit really the same. I mean, we we had some ideas how we can completely erase uh, human life from from Earth just by combining cybersecurity and let's say medical technologies. Um, so, of course, but you need this super evil evil thinking because otherwise we are so focused on the current and we don't see what's upcoming next it it kind of reminds me um when you guys start uh your your uh regular show are you guys going hey miko what are we gonna do today the same as every night tyler conquer the world like pinky and brain yeah. <laughs> destroying the world or something like that <laughs> um yeah it's, um, and i mean That's one aspect, but the, the second aspect is as well finding always a positive ending of, of each show. Mm -hmm. Because it, I mean, if you are in the cybersecurity space, you can get completely desperate about the situation, but it makes no sense because if we are desperate, um, we can't move. So of course we need a positive ending. So what are the next steps? What are good steps? Um, how can we make the world And the things out there better towards cybersecurity. That's as well a super important uh, approach. And if we fail, my answer to Tyler, because she's from the US, it's, it's always my answer is look, then let's go for the American way of solving a problem. We will just drone strike the cyber criminals. Yeah, that, that, that is a pretty good choice. Um, but now, third attempt, let's talk a little bit about Asrin, your yep. startup. Um, I've seen you doing this in partnership with DXC, um, the German Alliance for Cybersecurity in German Allianz für Cybersicherheit and Startup Autobahn Plug and Play. I was pretty impressed when I went through your website and I've seen you won many awards, including the German Startup Cup for Cybersecurity. You made number one top spot in 2020, um, the winner of ITSA Award, Best Cybersecurity Startup and Cybersecurity Excellent, Excellence Award, winner 2022. So question up front, is it just you or is there a team of very, very smart people who like to play around with Star Wars stuff during work time? <laughs> no, of course, it's like being a successful venture and startup is always a team play. So of course mm -hmm. it's the team in behind. I'm a little bit more the front runner of the show, but it's a very skilled team uh, behind and it's an international team. So it's me for you. It's, it's, it's Rob van Kranburg uh, from Belgium. It's Raphael uh, Jalahom from the MIT and Boston. Um, Rohit, our CTO, Sven, my co-founder. So there, there, there's a couple of people in the C-level, um, which are to me the best folks I can get uh, thought leaders in their topics and yeah, working with them together on a venture is a, to me is a great benefit. And even I think for our customers, uh, it is as well the best benefit they can get, of course, for sure. And all this excellence and awards, and you just named a few of them, our, our wall in the office is, is full of awards. Great. <laughs> But it shows as well that we are doing something completely uh, right, that we are heading to the right direction. Mm -hmm. And when we had started with cybersecurity, I mean, 
let's say the first steps with the company we did early 2019, uh, the former steps on, on product development and stuff. Um, cybersecurity was already, I think, uh, um, a emerging topic, uh, but now it's a hot topic. And so we are at the right time, um, with the right products here in, in the market. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Talking about products, I've seen you work, which especially caught my attention again, uh, supply chain, distributed ledgers, IoT fingerprints. And then before you start explaining all this stuff, what is this all about? Because on your website, there's Beehive, there's Ants, there are yeah, Paws, I mean, there are track counts, and <laughs> Yeah. So first of all, uh, what is our main mission and vision? So we had a look on the IoT space and we think that cybersecurity in IoT is a super mess and will become more and more super mess. So we need to provide um, specific tools and services for our customers to get the things on, on the right track. And by that, uh, we have built up a suite, a product suite of different Uh, services. One services, for example, is how can we identify an IoT device by unique fingerprint? Uh, and this unique fingerprint is, uh, now for the people out there, it's physical unclonable function, which means there is something in there on the semiconductor level or on the memory level of an IoT device, uh, which can't be changed. And because it can't be changed, you can use it to create a unique fingerprint. Now, why it's so important to have a unique idea of an IoT device. Well, uh, for example, have, think about you're operating a factory and you're getting data from sensors out there to, to control your factory. Um, the sensors are in need of unique fingerprintings because they are essential deliverer of, of data for your factory control systems. If I would be an attacker and I will just uh, replace the sensor by myself, I can inject malicious data, for example, into your fac in, into the factory systems and by that forcing the factory systems to do something completely different, uh, what they want. This could be digital sabotage. Uh, it could be a way of, of ransom. Um, so there are many ways how companies are getting in danger. So fingerprinting and IDs of assets are super essential at the beginning. And on top, we have built several other stuff. Um, one important thing you have mentioned, uh, supply chain, and, and this is a huge topic because many, like IP camera as well, is already a complex uh, product, IoT product, because there are many components in there shipped from different locations and sites of the world. Uh, for example, you have a wireless LAN module in there, which comes usually from China, and there is a fully Linux operating system on it. Um, how many companies who are producing these cameras really know what kind of software stacks are on this wireless LAN module. Um, to be honest, not too much. <laughs> And by that, um, as it is a complete Linux stack, you can do a lot of lot with that. Um, and the worst things is, of course, that there are backdoors in there and data is getting leaked uh, to other sources. Um, but this is, let's say, a quite still a quite simple IoT product. But think about a car. Um, A car is a super complex IoT product. Mm -hmm. Hundreds, thousands of suppliers at the back end, um, and they are supplying components where software is on it. 
And if you want to secure a car in the future, you really need to be sure that your supply chain is uh, safe and secure. And for this cases, we are providing solutions where you can track and trace uh, the provenance of software, for example, like a specific software which is installed and running on a car. Where does this software coming from? What kind of quality management and security testing had been done uh, towards this software? How many hands of suppliers uh had uh, this this particular software um, in their own processing and stuff like that. So that's super interesting. And for cars, I think it's quite logical because cybersecurity is tied to safety, safety of passengers in cars, drivers, of pedestrians, uh, of other people in the traffic. So um, this is then not only about cyber cybersecurity, it's as well about safety. Mm-hmm. And you can take more and more examples, medical products and so on. Um, so it's a huge space and software supply chains are critical. Yeah, I've seen you working not only in smart cities, uh, the industries you're covering, logistics, automotive, but I also telecoms and I found space. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I like space industries and space is a super, super interesting um, topic towards cybersecurity. Because for the people out there who had a look in, in, in space industries, maybe they know SpaceX and other stuff. So the, the space industry as well is transforming. It's like, if you look in the past, there had been this big rockets like a Saturn V where you were flying to the moon, which... Uh, were super expensive, super big, and now the space industry has turned more to a private industry where small rockets with small payloads are uh, shot into the um, low-orbit space. Um, there are many new satellites companies out there uh, with so-called mm -hmm. CubeSats. That's very small satellites, the uh, size of a, of a Rubik Cube. That's why they're called CubeSat. Um, and the satellites are deployed into thousands, hundreds of thousands. So there are estimations that we will have uh, soon more than a hundred thousand uh, small and, and CubeSats in the low orbit. Mm -hmm. And now many of them are operated by startups and other ventures. Uh, satellites are now built in a, in an industrial level, industrial size. Mm -hmm. um, so they're using more and more software from the shelf like Linux on it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And by that, they are as well deploying um, vulnerabilities from their software supply chain on satellites mm -hmm. and on all these units uh, used to launch satellites and stuff like that. So the, so the space industry uh, is facing more and more all the problems of cybersecurity we have in the traditional industry as well. Mm-hmm. I see, see, see. And basically, uh, how you counted this is what I just talked about all those, um, names associated with the animal kingdom, um, bees, ants, paws, track hounds, and eagle eyes, right? Yeah, exactly. That's, um, I mean, that's our, um, way how we name our product. Um, and for example, if you take TraceHound, TraceHound is the way how you can track and trace software in supply chains between uh, different suppliers. 
uh, eagleized the possibility to have analytics and monitoring on this um, supply chains. So we have created uh, different sets and services which allow us our customers to manage this upcoming cybersecurity challenges. Mm -hmm. I see. Um, two more questions because we are already running at more than 30 minutes of recording. How you guys are currently funded? Are you open to talk to potential investors? Yeah, um, we are seed funded. So we had closed the seed funding uh, early this year. Um, and that it was a it was a two million seed round fast, which helps us to further develop our attraction this year and um, let's say with the beginning of next year. And of course, we are open for investors because we have big plans. We want to grow, we want to scale up. So by that, um, we will uh, of course go for a next um, investment round. So. Um, We will prepare our investment offer. And if you are an investor and you're looking for cybersecurity and supply chain security, then get in touch with us and we can discuss uh, the details for the next round. Great. Only one more question left. Are you guys currently hiring? Uh, yes, we're hiring. <laughs> and <laughs> have a look on our website. I mean, there are plenty of positions uh, open and as well, Uh, you can find me everywhere on Twitter, social, uh, on, on Twitter, on, on LinkedIn. If you think you want to step into cybersecurity or you're an expert in cybersecurity and uh, just get in touch with me, drop me a message and then I will link you to the right persons to discuss about a position. I actually will link in the show notes of this interview, your uh, website. It's Asvin A svin.io forward slash jobs. So that will be also available. Mirko, thank you very much. It was a pleasure talking to you. Hope to have you back and a lot of more Hackback um, podcasts on our radio station. Joe, thanks for having me in your show. Thank you. Have a great day. Yeah, thanks. Bye-bye. That's all, folks. Find more news, streams, events, and interviews at www.startuprad.io. Remember, sharing is caring.